Welcome again to Hidden Truths. Today we have your host, Bob Burrow. And how are you today, Bob? I'm wonderful. It's been warm outside. I was just going to tell you how summer treating you. It's been pretty hot around here in Reno. It's treating me fine. You see, I'm in long sleeves because they keep the office too cold. Oh, okay. Well, good. <laughs> That's good. Right. So today it seems that the big question is, is the economy softening, right? You have written in your blog that the recession has already started. But last week, the employment number convinced some of the media that there is no recession. But can you comment on that? Sure. The media and even some people in the economics profession have concluded that the economy is, quote, strong and that there won't be a recession. And it's all based on just a single number from Friday's payroll survey. Friday's, it was June's number that came out on Friday. And that number came out at plus 372,000, which was above the consensus number of 265,000. That's a pretty big number. But when you analyze it, as you'll see, as I go through my notes here, it isn't very strong at all. First of all, in the payroll survey, that 372,000, small businesses aren't included. The Bureau of Labor Statistics in that survey only does large businesses. So the Bureau of Labor Statistics simply adds a number based on historical experience. The economy does grow over time and small businesses grow. And so the Bureau of Labor Statistics just takes that trend line and adds a number. This is called the birth death model for small business. And for June, it was over 80,000. So if we actually look at the number that they actually counted, it was 290,000, not 372,000. Then there's a company called ADP. This is America's largest payroll processor. So they should know how many small business checks they write. And they've been reporting negative numbers for small businesses for the past few months. Now, ADP didn't report in June because they're retooling their processes. But no doubt, June would have been negative again. So the 290,000 number that I mentioned is also probably high. And the reason I could say this with a lot of confidence is that the second survey called the household survey showed up as minus 315,000. Yes, minus 315,000. And that shirt survey has shown contraction in two of the last three months. There wasn't a mention of this anywhere I could see in the media. Let's look at the household survey. It reports full-time and part-time jobs. Full-time jobs fell 152,000. And it's been falling now in two of the last three months. Non-agricultural wage and salary employment fell 109,000 negative for three months in a row. Also ignored by the media was the contraction in the work week and the contraction in overtime hours. Normally, the work week in overtime always contracts first because companies slow them down before they lay people off. Now, the unemployment rate itself is calculated from this household survey. So if we had minus 315,000 jobs lost, how did the unemployment rate stay at 3.6%? That means that the denominator must have fallen and that means there was a contraction in the labor force. 
or so they say. Now, the household survey itself has this funny tendency, and that is it's negative just before cycle turning points. So if we look back in history, what we see is that in February of 2002, just before that recession, the household survey was minus 166,000, the payroll survey plus 91,000. Go to December of 07, household survey minus 322,000, payroll survey plus 108,000. And then let's go to January of 2020, just a couple of years ago before the big recession here, the household survey minus 119,000, the payroll survey plus 339,000. So you see the household survey is probably a more accurate survey to look at if you're going to look at recession. Now let's look elsewhere. And the Institute for Supply Management has a manufacturing and services survey. The employment indexes in both of those surveys contracted. And in the manufacturing survey, the contraction was for the second month in a row. Challenger, who does layoff reporting, reported a rising layoff announcements up 57% in the month of June. 59%, it's up 59% year over year. Hiring announcements fell by 18% in June and have been negative in three of the last four months. In the JOLTS report, that's the Bureau of Labor Statistics Job Openings and Labor Turnover Survey. This is the report that Fed Chair Jerome Powell likes to look at. It corroborates the Challenger report. Job openings in that report fell by 427,000. That's a number and layoffs rose by 77,000. If we look at the weekly numbers, these are the initial jobless claims and continuing claims. Initial jobless claims are the new reports of unemployment. They're up 62,000 since early April. And from a historical perspective, whenever this report rises that much, it often coincides with the start of a recession. The continuing claims those are the folks that are on unemployment for more than a week, uh, rose to 1.375 million. That's up from 1.3 million just less than a month ago. Nearly every measure of employment, except the payroll survey, shows a weakening trend. My conclusion is that if we're looking at the universe of employment data, the payroll survey is the outlier and not to be trusted. Right, right. Interesting. The interest rates rose quite rapidly until mid-June, and then they began to fall. And now it looks like they have reversed back up. So what's really going on here? Yeah, we have to talk about bond land. Nobody likes bonds. But the dive that we had in yields temporarily reversed. So let's put that into perspective. I'll use the 10-year treasury. The 10-year treasury got to almost 3.5% back in June, and then it started to fall and got to 2.9 on July 1st. And then on Friday, it was back to 3.10, but down to 3% today. There are several factors that are going on here. First of all, the market looked at the Fed's June meeting minutes. They were released last week. And they concluded that the Fed was, they were just too hawkish 
Hawkish means the Fed is planning to raise rates. My comment on that is that's a funny conclusion. The Fed raised 75 basis points in June. That was the biggest rise that they've had in several decades. So why wouldn't anybody think that the minutes wouldn't be hawkish? Of course they were. They had to be. Right. And then, of course, we had the jobs report that we just talked about, and that theoretically justifies the Fed raising another 75 basis points in interest rates. That's three quarters of a percentage point at their July meeting, which will be held at the end of the month. We think they will raise that much, and so do the market, especially if the upcoming CPI numbers are still high, which is likely. But those retracement of yields from the 3.5% level back to under 3% is an indication that the market is now beginning to be concerned about the slowing economic activity that we see and the recession that's surely here. It seems to be evident, given that you think the economy has slowed, do you think a 75 basis point rate hike is over the top? Yes, I do. The dilemma here is that since that Fed meeting in June, the data have just deteriorated and the employment and CPI numbers that the Fed is looking at, they are lagging indicators. They're looking really through the rear view mirror and they should be looking forward. So let's look at what's happened since that June meeting. We have a bear market in equities. And so the stock market certainly thinks we have a recession. <clears throat> the dollar's continuing, continuing strength implies weak economies worldwide. So everybody is buying the dollar because they don't want their own currencies. And it's really obvious that Europe is not only going to have a recession, but it might be a depression from what's going on over there. Credit spreads, they're widening. Credit spreads are the difference between high quality and lower quality bonds. When they widen, it means that people are selling the lower quality, buying the higher quality. We call this a flight to quality. And it only happens when people are worried. The yield curve has inverted. What does that mean? It means that short-term rates are higher than long-term rates. That's not normal. But that occurs when we're about to have a recession. Because the people who work in bond land are worried about the short-term. Interest rates are up because the Fed is pushing them up. But they see that the economy is weakening and so long-term rates are coming down because the market knows the Fed will eventually have to lower rates. Mm. One more thing that's happening is all of the commodity prices, including agricultural prices and metals prices, are melting down. And this implies falling inflation in the near future. So, Bob, all things considered, are you worried? Yes, I am. First time in post-World War II history, and maybe for the first time in the Fed's history since 1913, they are tightening policy into a recession. They've never done that before. From Powell's own comments, he and likely the whole Federal Open Market Committee, the committee that determines interest rates, they appear to be fixated on the wrong economic indicators. As I said before, both unemployment and inflation numbers are lagging indicators. They're what's happened in the past. The majority of the significant leading economic indicators are deteriorating. Also, we should remember that the impacts from monetary policy on the economy 
they occur with long and variable lags. By the time the unemployment rate rises enough or inflation subsides enough for this Fed to relent, the impact of those actions that they've already taken will continue to be felt for several more quarters. When the Fed shifts to neutral, the unemployment rate will continue to rise, inflation will continue to fall, and the re recession will continue for a considerably longer period of time. Note that not only is the Fed tightening into a recession, but they are doing so at warp speed. Instead, the Fed should be looking at leading indicators like the University of Michigan's Consumer Sentiment Survey. That survey is now at the lowest level of consumer confidence in the 75-year history of that survey. We have a nasty inflation and certainly it's hurting most consumers. And this survey has always been a good leading indicator. If you look at the chart, you'll note where this survey was in 2007. It was going down just like it is today. And then what happened in 2008 was the Great Recession. The fact that it has gone down so much this time indicates, just like it did prior to the Great Recession, that there's lower consumption ahead. Consumers are just feeling the inflation pinch really badly. We also have quarter one gross domestic product. It came in at minus 1.6%, so that's one quarter of negative GDP. And then the Fed's own Atlanta Fed is forecasting quarter two to be minus 1.2%. And that's the third week in a row that the Atlanta Fed's model has been negative. So we think it's really highly likely that the Bureau of Labor Statistics will report quarter two real GDP as negative at the end of July when they report. And two quarters in a row of real GDP being negative has 100% of the time only occurred in recessions. If we have two negative quarters of GDP, it's probably a recession. And I think that's what we have. The quick answer is, I don't think that those prices are sustainable. In mid-June, there was a headline in one of the dailies that I read that struck me. It was, quote, builders are slashing prices to sell homes in fast cooling US markets. In Phoenix, 22% of new listings had a price cut between May 9th and June 5th. In Dallas, they have two times normal the supply of construction. Another recent headline was yesterday, July 11th. It read, home buyers are canceling deals at the highest rate since the start of the pandemic. That rate is 15%, up from 11% a year ago. This is due to rising mortgage rates that makes fewer people qualify for financing, and people are also fearful that home prices are going to fall, so they're canceling. In Canada, this is our neighbor to the north, we've seen home prices fall 15% since mid-February. That's a big fall. If anyone thinks that can't happen here, I urge them to think again. New construction is a really important part of GDP. There's been a noted slowdown in new and existing home and in new starts and permits. New home mortgage applications were down 4.3%, the latest report, and they are now down almost 8% year over year. 
applications for refinance are down 7.8% week over week. And get this, they are down minus 76%, minus 76% year over year. That is huge. We've never seen that before. Refinances are really important for consumers because they will most often use the cash that they get out of their house, either for home improvement or maybe for a big ticket item like buying a car or maybe going on an expensive vacation. When those kinds of refis fall, it means durable goods are probably going to not do so well because mm -hmm. those are what they spend things on. New home sales impact sales of appliances, carpeting, furniture, etc. And the fewer refis that we see also impact those same items. And of course, the other items that I mentioned. What is the reason for the slowdown? It's the doubling in the cost of mortgages since 2021. Yeah, yeah, pretty gloomy analysis here of the situation for sure. Give us some final thought about what for the economy. About. The media, the sell-side economists who work at the broker-dealers, and unfortunately, this Fed are fixated on lagging indicators. Those are employment and inflation. Mm. We've never experienced a warp speed tightening into a period when the economy was entering a recession. The leading indicators are all screaming recession, and there are signs that inflation will soon wane on its own. Those signs are evident if you look at the commodities. Gasoline, which was over 120 in mid-June, has now fallen to under 100. At the end of today, it was like $96 a barrel. That's a 30% fall in 30 days. So when we get to July's CPI, which will be announced in mid-August, we're likely to see inflation starting to wane. Not so much in the June number, which will be announced two days from today, which will be high because in mid-June, gasoline prices were still rising. But when we get to the July number, we're going to see a fall in inflation. The recession has already arrived, in my opinion. The only questions I think that are left is how deep it's going to be and how long it's going to be. And the Fed has a lot to do with that. 75 basis points, if they hike that much in July, will solidify what I see as a policy mistake. It will prolong the recession and will make it deeper. On the other hand, here's some hope. If they only raise 50 basis points in July, which will be at the end of this month. And still, in my opinion, that's still too much, but at least it would be a signal that they acknowledge that the economy is weakening. So for the equity market, if the 75 basis point hike occurs, I expect we'll still see stocks continue to have a downdraft. On the other hand, the 50 basis point increase implies a, a slight change in the end state of interest rates and equity markets always rally when even there's the slightest hint of a move toward ease. So we can hope that they only do 50 basis points mm. come June, come July. Right, right. Great information as usual, Bob. Thank you so much for this very insightful analysis of what is going on in the economy right now. I always learned a lot from you. I am sure a lot of people learn a lot from you as well. So thank you very much for that. It's always a pleasure to be here. 
Great. Please follow us on YouTube. Go to YouTube at slash Hidden Truths and subscribe to the channel. Share with your network. A lot of people would love to benefit from the expertise that Bob and Joshua Barone have. Also visit interhiddentruths.today where you'll find all the blogs, all the podcasts, all the information that we are publishing on a regular basis. And thank you for following us and listening to us. And till next time. 